Hey there, welcome to the Favorite Church Podcast. We are a church for imperfect people who want to know God and make Him famous. In this episode, we'll be revisiting a message from one of our Sundays in church. The Bible says in Genesis 12 verse 1, it says this, The Lord had said to Abraham, Abram, sorry, Go! Someone say go! From your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. <laughs> this is the one you got to receive today. I will make you into a great nation. Then I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on the earth, come on, all people on the earth, all of Manila, all of Favour Brisbane, come on, Favour Korea, all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went, and as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him, Abram was 75 years old. It's pretty close to you. I'm joking. It's because I'm so young, you know what I'm saying? So Abram went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out. Everyone say, set out from Haran. He took his wife, Sarai, his nephew, Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated, and the people they had acquired in Haran. And they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Today, if you're taking down notes, the title of my message is simply this. We can't stay here. We can't stay here. We can't stay here anymore. What God has got for your life is too big for you to stay where you are. What God has called you to is too big for where you are right now. For the stuff that you're struggling with and the stuff that you're dealing with right now, God has called you to a new place. You can't stay here anymore. Come on, someone yell, we can't stay here. We can't stay here. Father God, I pray in this place You would speak to us. You would challenge us. You would change us from the inside out. God, we didn't come to hear the words of a man. I came to hear the words of a person. We came to have an encounter with the living God. Jesus, would You come and move in this place? In Jesus' mighty Name. Come on, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. Come on, high five three people. You can go ahead and grab your seat. Thank You, worship team. Thank You, worship team. Come on, someone say, we can't stay here. Come on, say it like you mean it. Say, we can't stay here. We can't stay here. Something I want to talk to you about today is the idea of comfort zones. We all have comfort zones. We all like to get very comfortable in our lives. I mean, if you look at today's society, everything's getting more and more comfortable as time goes on, we, we like comfort. We don't wanna just get a normal chair. No, we wanna get a chair that's padded. Not just a padded chair, we want a reclining chair. No, no, in fact, we don't want a reclining chair. We want a reclining padded chair that massages us. In fact, on the plane over, I had a chair that massaged me. That was quite nice. Yeah. I, I mean, we, we love comfort. You know, in Australia, it's a lot colder than it is in the Philippines. And there's something that you guys would never want to know about. It's something called electric blankets. And do you guys have electric blankets out here? Okay, what an electric blanket is, I'm telling you, it's a disgusting contraption. Uh, but, but it's good in the cold. Essentially what it is, it's a blanket that you can plug into the wall and it heats your body as you put it on. It's crazy. Now, can I say as a Sri Lankan man growing up, we never had electric blankets in our house. Electric blankets were not part of what tropical nations, cultures are, are appreciative of. But I've got to say in this room, my beautiful wife, Katie, over here. Actually, Katie, why don't you stand? Say hi to everyone. I didn't even welcome you. This is Katie Mendes, my beautiful wife. Yes, everyone from Australia, every girl from Australia is white, blonde-haired, and named Kate. Yeah. Yeah. Love you. Actually, you know what? I didn't even get, get to show you guys. Can I show you a quick photo before we get back into the message? Is that okay? This is where it all started. Can we show a quick photo uh, of, of my wife and I? Actually, before we were married, here we go. Boom, right there. Ha ha! Yeah, okay. Hey, hey, less judgy. Okay, calm down. Yeah, I can hear your criticism in your laugh right there. Yes, they're still laughing. Thank you. No, I appreciate it. This was, uh, this was straight after 
I sold a bag of papadums up the road from my school. Uh, in fact, my wife and I, we were not married at the time, obviously, that's illegal, um, but we were about 13 years old in this photo. We were actually best friends in high school. And uh, whenever I see this photo, I like to take a moment and just praise Jesus for puberty. You know what I'm saying? Like, thank you, God, for puberty. You are a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. Now, what happens is when you get a bit of milk chocolate and a bit of white chocolate, you put that together and you get some Caramello kids. And uh, we have three beautiful kids. My oldest daughter, her name's Anaya Grace. We're going to put up a photo of her really quickly. Anaya should be the, the tall one if you're looking through the photos. There you go. That's her. Uh, I think she's going to give me trouble in my future. And so I've uh, purchased gun licenses. I'm um, forming a committee of boys from my church. Uh, I'm training them in MMA uh, at, as we speak uh, to defend her future. And so that's, that's my daughter. Uh, my, let's go down to my youngest daughter who's here, who's not paying attention to me. I don't know why. Baby, can you say hi? Say hi to everybody. If you don't say hi, I'm going to get you in trouble. Okay, cool. Fantastic. This, there's a photo. That if you can't see it, her name's Ember. Don't let the pigtails fool you. She's crazy, uh, needs Jesus. And uh, in the middle there is my son. His name's Zion. Here's a photo of him really quickly there. I know, this kid's too much. You know what he did in that photo? He goes, oi, dad. I said, hey, don't ever say oi to me again. Okay. <laughs> Secondly, what's up? And he goes, dad, can you take a photo of me? And he literally made me pull out this phone, put his sunglasses on and did this. I'm like, bro, get out of here, man. What are you doing? And that's my family. We all send our love to you. Yeah, they're beautiful. Anyway, back to comfort zones. Everyone say comfort zones. We, we love comfort. These electric blankets that we put on our lives, we don't want just a normal blanket. We want an electric blanket so we can stay warm when it's cold. We're, we're all about comfort. Did you remember back in the days where there was no such thing as power windows in your car? anyone know what I'm talking about? Come on, maybe anyone over 35 in the house today. Can you help me out here? You know what I mean? Now, today, if you're hot, you just put the window, you just press a button. Everything's fine. Back in the day, and it's only gone down one inch. You know what I mean? It's like, come on. You didn't need to go to the gym. All you need to do is just get in your car and put the window up and down. And that was your gym for the day. And I mean, look, you obviously can't get as fit and good looking as Albie in the front row with that chiseled body. No, no, you go ahead and stand up. Show the people what you're working with today. There he is. Take a bow, Albie, take a bow. Albie's obviously been on the power windows, sorry, the non-power windows all morning. We're, we're, we're so accustomed to comfort that the problem is, is has comfort crept its way into Christianity? Has being comfortable, living a comfortable life, crept its way into the church? Has it crept its way into faith? Has it crept its way into what we believe? Has it crept its way into how we live? We love the things that are comfortable. In fact, we all wanna go to a church that's comfortable. I have my comfortable chair. I sit in every single week and no one can tell me otherwise. I love the worship. Because it's comfortable, feels good, makes me feel good. Gives me all the feels, gives me fuzzy feelings. I love the coffee. The coffee makes me feel comfortable. The welcome team makes me feel comfortable. All the things that we have, and, and don't get me wrong, all of those things are amazing, but so often we get in these great environments and we start to get comfortable. But the truth is, the message of the gospel is not a message of comfort, it's a message of cost. It's a message of conviction. It's not a message of convenience. It's a message that says, come on, I've called you to change the world. I've called you to step out in faith. I've called you to take a risk. I've called you to pay a price. That is the message of faith. Can I get an amen in this church today? Has comfortability crept its way into church? See, over and over again in the Scripture, we see God calling people out of their comfort zones and into their calling. David steps out of the comfort zone of a shepherd boy and into the calling of a giant slayer. Esther steps out of the comfort zone of a young queen into the calling of a nation's rescuer. Moses steps out of the comfort zone of an exiled shepherd into the calling of a nation's leader. Paul steps out of the comfort zone of a Christ persecutor into the calling of a gospel spreader. Peter steps out of the comfort zone of the boat and into the calling of the waves. My question to you today is, what is God calling you out of? Favourite church. 
Are you going to stay here for the rest of your life? Or is there a comfort zone that you need to step out of? Maybe you in this room need to step out and serve. Maybe you in this room need to step out and give. Maybe you in this room need to step out and take a step of faith to step into all that God has called you to. We all want to live a big life. We don't want to live an average life. We don't want to live a mediocre life. No one wants to do that. But can I tell you, you will never find your calling in the comfort of your chair. You'll never find your calling in the comfort of what is easy of what seems fine, of what is easy to live by, for what is comfortable. God is calling you out of your comfort zone. Here in this story, we see Abram. Abram was comfortable. In fact, if you read up about Abram, Abram was quite wealthy. He was quite well off. He was taken care of. And God says to him, Abram, it's time to leave your country. It's time to leave your household. It's time to leave your father's house. Really what God's saying is, Abram, It's time to get out of your comfort zone. It's time to get out of what's comfortable. It's time to leave the things that you know. It's time to leave the thing that's easy. It's time to leave what you're comfortable with to step into the calling I have for you. Someone say, we can't stay here anymore. We can't stay here anymore. And so today I wanna look at this passage. I wanna slowly unpack that today. Can we do that today? Come on, is this helping you already today? Here we go. In Genesis 12, 1, the Bible says, The Lord had said to Abraham, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. Here's the first thing I want you to write down if you're taking down notes. The first point I want to say to you is this. Number one, you need to leave. Everyone say leave. I'm not saying leave the house. I'm not saying leave a relationship. I'm not saying leave. Well, maybe actually, maybe I am saying there's a relationship that you've got to leave. I'm just saying, that's a side note. I'm, I, I'm just saying leave. Everyone say leave. God said to leave your country, leave your people, leave your family and go. Let's get some context to Abram. Abram was, he had a father, his name was Terah, T-E-R-A-H, Terah. And Terah had, had lived in this place called the Ur of the Chaldeans. And they lived in this place. And so Terah, his father, was a, was a pagan he wasn't a God believer. He was, an actually, he was actually an idolater. He had idols that he would make and sell. And Terah had actually formed quite a significant business. He became quite a prominent man in the place that he was from. And God had called Terah out of Ur, out of Ur of the Chaldeans. And what had happened was on his way to Canaan, on his way to the promised land, Terah decided to settle in Haran. God had called him to the promised land. I think it's very interesting. We see Abram as the father of the faith, but his father had been given the same instructions. His father was meant to inherit the promised land. His father was meant to go to the place that God called him to go. But instead of getting to Canaan, he stopped off early and settled in Haran. And so God then instructs Abram, it's time to leave. What God's saying to him is he's saying, look, I know, it's, I know it's easy here. I know you've got money here. I know that you're wealthy. I know it's comfortable here. I know you know all the people here. I know it's comfortable where you are, but Abram, it's time to go. I've got a bigger calling for you. I've got a bigger purpose for you. I've got a bigger destiny for you. There is a plan that I have for you. There is a purpose far bigger than what you can see, dream or imagine, but you need to leave where you are. Someone say leave. You need to leave. I actually think it's such a picture of us today. We always do this. We say, God, use me. God, have your way in my life. God, I'll go where you send me to go. God says, get up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, God. Yeah, yeah. Look, God, God, I'll, I'll just, to worship you, I live. To worship you, I live, I live. To worship. God's saying, get up. Go. Share your story. Go tell someone about church. Go tell someone about Jesus. Go spread the gospel. Go and invite someone to church. We're saying, yeah, God, I want to I, I wanna go. God, I want to I be used by you. God, I, wanna, I don't want to do nothing for you. God, I, I want to live for you. God, I want to serve you. I want to give my whole life to you. God's saying, get up and go. But we're just so comfortable in our chairs and our comfort zones that we don't want to go. God says, hey, come on, it's time to get up and go. It's time to leave. 
And then we go, okay, all right, I'm going to follow God. God, I'll only be used by you as long as I'm comfortable for me. God, I'll be used, but I'll go wherever you want me to go as long as I can have the comfort of my chair, as long as I can hang to the things that I love and the things that feel so comfortable to me. God, I'll follow you wherever. You want me to go to Korea? I'm going to go. Come on, let's go to Seoul, right? Oh, come on, let's go to Brisbane. Let's go. I mean, we, we take our comfort with us when God is saying, get up, it's time to leave where you are. It's time to get out of your comfort zone. Follow me into the destiny I have for you. It's time to let go of what you know. Someone say, leave. Help me preach this this morning. Leave. It's time to leave. Get so comfortable with the things that are easy for us. God's saying it's time to leave. You know, back home in Australia, there's a place about an hour and a half from where I live in Sydney called the Central Coast. It's a beautiful part of the world. And my dad had decided, you know what, we're going to go on a family trip. And you got something you need to understand about me. I'm going to say about me. It could have something to do with my Sri Lankan culture. I'm not saying it is. Could, maybe. Is that I'm not a strong swimmer, okay? Swimming is just not my spiritual gift, okay? I, I don't know if you know any other Sri Lankans that can swim. If you know them, tell me about them. Really? You're not really Sri Lankan though. You have 400 nationalities in you. You're, you're amazing. Come on, who here loves Anath? Isn't he incredible? We love you, bro. And so, I can't swim. I'm not a confident swimmer. In fact, my whole family, I'm not really confident swimmers, but my dad had this great idea. He said, Jason, I have an idea. I'm like, what's the idea, dad? Let's all hire a boat. Let's have lunch on the boat. Let's go out onto the water and enjoy the boat. He's like, dad, this is not a great idea. We're not really comfortable in the water. He's like, it's okay. We must have lunch on the boat. He's like, oh. Okay, let's go. Okay. And so we all get into the boat and Katie's on, out there on the boat with us. And thank God, really, the only person that can swim, you, do, you, you work it out. Okay. And so we're out there on this boat and we're hanging out and we're all having this conversation. Everyone's laughing, having a good time. And if you've ever been on the water before, there are these things in the water called buoys that you need to stay inside of. They, they help you know which direction you're heading in and which way you need to be going. And so we get so distracted in our conversation that we start to veer off to the side. As we veer off, we start to lose where we are. And before we know it, the boat starts to slow down. And as the boat slows down, we get stuck in something called a sandbank. Now, I don't know if you know anything, all the white people are like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. A sandbank is something that is in the middle of the ocean, in the middle of the water, and it's literally sand. And you can get out of this boat and stand up on the sandbank because there's just a large amount of sand. Are you with me today? Are you getting what I'm saying? And so the boat is now stuck in this sandbank. And we're all freaking out because we know that we can't get to land. The only person who can get to land is Katie. We're all freaking out. We're worried. We don't know what's going on. And so what happens is we make an executive decision. Like, Katie, get out of the boat. No, 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 we didn't say that. We didn't say that. I said, Dad... Since you got us in this place, you're out of the boat. You need to help lift up the boat and get us out and get us moving. And so my dad, he jumps out of the boat and we're all inside this boat and I'm kind of the captain. I'm calling the instructions because that's the safest place to be. I'm saying, Dad, yeah, you're out here. Katie, you're good. Yep, yeah, fantastic. And my brother, he's there. My mum's there. And so my dad lifts the boat out. And as he lifts the boat out, the engine gets out of the sand and begins to move. As the engine begins to move, we start to roll forward. Well, not roll forward, we start to float forward. As we're floating forward, the boat starts to get some momentum. As the boat starts to get some momentum, we start to get going. And this is really awesome. And we start to realise, hey, the boat is taking off. This is great. The only problem is my dad is not in the boat anymore. See, if you know anything about boats, it's one thing to get out of the boat. It's a whole other thing to get back in the boat. So my dad is now wondering, how do I get back in this boat? And so I can see him trying to run on this sandbank alongside holding the boat. The boat is now moving forward. My dad is saying, please wait, hold the boat. And so the boat keeps going. We're all freaking out. Everyone's panicking. We're nervous. I'm concerned. My mum, 
so unhelpful at the time. She says, Prashan, get in the boat. And dad says, Evangeline, I can't get in the boat. She's like, just get in the boat. So they're arguing, they're fighting. Katie's laughing because she thinks, hey, this whole family, they're all about to die. I don't know what's going on here. At least I know I'm safe. I can swim to safety. And so everyone's panicking. Everyone's freaking out. And I realised, I said, Dad, let go of the boat. My dad falls down and he's holding onto the boat. Literally holding onto the boat for dear life. This boat is moving forward. He's holding on. Everyone's screaming. Everyone's yelling. Katie's in the corner laughing. It was a horrible experience. I remember standing there saying, Dad, let go of the boat. He said, I cannot let go of the boat. I said, Dad, trust me. Let go of the boat. You're on the sandbank. He's like, Jason, I cannot let go of the boat. Can't do it. He's held onto the boat. He didn't realise we were still on a sandbank. If he had let go of the boat, he would have been able to stand up and get back into the boat. Here's the point I want to make to you today. You'll never know if you can stand until you let go of what you know. You'll never know if you can stand until you let go of what you know. You'll never know what you're standing on until you let go of the safety of the chair, until you let go of the safety of this space, until you let go of the safety of being in your comfortable chair, in your comfortable church, in your comfortable this, in your comfortable that. You need to learn to let go of the things that are holding you back and slowing you down to step into the core that God has for your life. Can someone say amen today? You'll never know if you can stand until you let go of what you know. God has built a great destiny God has given you a great purpose and a great calling. I came to tell you today, church, let go of what is comfortable. Let go of what you know. Let go of what is easy so you can stand on the promises of God. So you can stand on the purposes of God. So you can stand on the destiny that God has for your life. Can someone shout amen? You know, some of us have become so comfortable with depression. So comfortable, we just said this is who we are and this is what it is. We become so comfortable with anxiety. This is what the doctor said. Or this is what I read up on Google about myself. Can we go a bit deeper? Some of us have become so comfortable with addiction, so comfortable with porn, so comfortable with, oh, we said, we said porn in church. Is that okay? I'm sorry. I hope it's okay. We're getting real. So comfortable with sin in our life and God's calling you and God's saying, leave that. Leave that behind. Leave the sin behind. Leave the addiction behind. Leave the brokenness behind. I have a plan for you. I have a purpose for you. I have a calling for you. The calling on your life is bigger than what you can think or imagine. You just need to leave the thing that you're comfortable with. You gotta leave the sin behind. You gotta leave the brokenness behind. You gotta leave the doubt behind. You gotta leave the gossip behind. You gotta leave those things behind so you can step into purpose. Someone say leave. Leave, 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 leave. It's time for us to step out of our comfort zones, let go of our past, let go of our comfort and step into calling. Can someone say amen? Reading Genesis 12 verse 1, the Bible continues. It says, the Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people and your father's household to the land I will show you. Everyone say, show you. I want you to catch that. Go from your country, your people, your father's household to the land I will show you. So God's saying go, leave it, leave what you're comfortable with and go to the place that I'm going to show you. I'm not going to give you the place yet. I'm just going to show you the way. Isn't that classic God? Your pastors are a great example of it. Hey man, go to the Philippines. Okay, we're going. We're in a great church. We've got a great thing going on. We're comfortable. It's safe. It's easy. We're in Perth, leading youth alive. We're doing great things in the kingdom of God. And God says, go. You step out in faith and you leave what you know to step in the calling that God has for you. God doesn't give you the plan. He doesn't give you the manual. He doesn't give you the instructions. He says, go and I'll show you. So number one, the first thing you need to do is leave. But number two, the second thing you need to do is follow. You learn to follow. 
we've got to learn to follow. If God says, I'm gonna show you, we've got to learn how to follow. Follow His voice, follow His leading, follow His directions, follow His steps. He goes, go to the land I will show you <laughs> with no instructions, with no manual. That, like that's the thing. God doesn't give you a manual, but He gives you Emmanuel, God with you. He goes with you. He goes before you. He just doesn't give you the instructions on how to get there. I, I love it. In Hebrews 11, it, it talks about this story. The Bible says this in verse eight, by faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. He didn't know where he was going. He had no plan. There was no instruction. There was no map. There was no, God didn't go, X master spot, Abram, all the best. No, it was just go, leave, leave where you are right now and go and I'll show you the way. You might not know where you're going, but I came to tell you, God does. You might not know what the answer is, but I came to tell you, church, God does. You, you, might know, you might not know what the next step is, but I came to tell you, God does. He knows the next step. He knows what's involved. He knows the risk. He knows how scary it can be. God has organised the provision. God has organised the plan. He knows what's going on. Even though you don't know, God knows. God does. We just need to learn how to follow. You've got to learn how to follow. If I've learned anything about God, is that God doesn't give you the plan, but He'll give you His presence. God won't give you the plan, but He will give you His presence. He'll go with you. He'll go before you. Our job is not to know the plan. Our job is not to know the instructions. I, I would actually say this. God's, job's, God's job is directions. Our job is proximity. What do I mean by that? Let God show you the way. My job is to stay as close as I can to Him. I don't know if you've ever tried to follow anyone on the street in your car. I don't know how you would do it out here in Melilla. The roads out here are a whole nother world, right? But to follow someone, it can be tough. But if you follow the wrong person, you gotta try to stay as close as you can with them. They might say, hey, this is where we're going. But if you're following someone, it's hard to keep up. The goal is not to have the directions. The goal is to stay as close as you can. I think that's a picture of what it is to follow Jesus. God doesn't give you the directions, but He gives you His presence. He goes with you. He goes before you. Our job is not directions. Our job is proximity. How can I stay as close to Him as I can? Can I ask you a question? Are you staying close to God? I, I, do you read your Bible in the morning? Do you spend time in worship every day? Do you spend time with God in your life? Are you focused on proximity? God will give you the direction. God will give you the plan. God will give you all those things that you're worried about. Your job is not the plan. Your job is proximity. I gotta stay close. I gotta stay close. You know, years ago when Katie and I got married, uh, we got married on the Coral Coast in Fiji. And uh, it, was, it was beautiful, it was amazing. And when we got married, uh, we, we then uh, spent a couple of days in Fiji and we did something uh, that I'm very uncomfortable with. It's called jet skiing, okay? I realised I love jet skiing so much. It's just water, you know what I mean? Like water freaks me out a little bit. Uh, not in the shower, I have showers, don't, don't freak out. Uh, I, I believe in cleanliness. Um, but here we are jet skiing and uh, man, it was, uh, it, it was crazy. I, I had in my mind though, what the jet skiing was gonna be like. Baby, are you in a position to come? In? No, 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 not you, Albie. Albie, could you come up here and, and help me with something? Is this okay? I, I didn't tell you, I didn't brief you about this. Could you come up here? This is what I imagined it to look like, okay? I hope this is okay for us to do today. This, this, this is, we're gonna stand over here. In my mind, no, no, Albie, Albie, come here, come here. Um, what I had imagined in my mind, has everyone seen the Titanic? There's a scene in the Titanic where Jack and Rose are at the front of the boat. And I'd imagined that while I was driving this jet ski, I was gonna be Rose and you were gonna be Jack. Now I hope this is okay to do, but this is what I had pictured in my mind. If we can cue Celine Dion, could you just hold me by the hips? This was my imagination. 
Katie, are you happy? Yeah. It's so good to be married to you, Katie. I've been loving our life together. Gonna get a special out of Come on, ladies and gentlemen, Albie, thank you very much. <laughs> My guy. Can I be honest with you? I thought that's what I'd imagined it to look like. Me on this jet ski, just cruising through the islands of Fiji. Do you want to know what it really looked like? Katie was squeezing my love handles saying, slow down, stop, you're going too fast. Jason, there's a wave. I'm like, Katie, we're in the water. You know, Jason, slow down. Oh my gosh, there's water. Of course there's water. There's water everywhere, right? Twisting my arms, twisting my skin. It was so painful, it was horrible. I actually, I stopped. I stopped the jet ski and I said, babe, I mean, we're two days into this marriage. This is too much. I can't deal with this. This is hard. I called the jet ski instructor over. I said, hey, bro, can you please come back and take my wife with you, man? I can't, I can't do it. Do you understand how sore my hip are right now? She's ripping them off, bro. She's ripping them off. So the instructor, instructor takes her onto his jet ski and they just glide off into the distance. And normally I would be disappointed. No, I was happy. I was happy about that. Finally, I found freedom. <laughs> Two days into our marriage. Ah. <laughs> oh. And I, I realised this. Katie was so upset, she was with me. She was annoyed because I'd never ridden, ridden a jet ski before. And I don't have experience with a jet ski. But the moment she got on the instructor's jet ski, oh, everything was all right. Oh, he knows what he's doing. Oh, he owns the jet ski. Okay, well, sorry. I didn't know it was that complicated. But here's the thing. It's not about where we're going. It's about who we're going with. It's not about the destination that we're going. It's not about landing in the Philippines. It's not about landing in Brisbane. It's not, landing, it's not about landing in Korea or wherever else God expands this incredible church to. It's not about where we're going. It's about who we're going with. Can I tell you, it doesn't matter what the next step is as long as I got Jesus with me. It doesn't matter who the relationship is as long as I got Jesus with me. It doesn't matter what I'm facing right now as long as I've got Jesus with me. It doesn't matter what the next step is as long as I've got Jesus with me. Come on, someone shout amen today it's not about where I'm going it's about who I'm going with about who I'm going with man if I've learned anything in my life it's to stop following your dreams <laughs> and start following Jesus stop following your dreams I realise my dreams are so small to the dreams that Jesus has for me the dream of the relationship I wanted to have, but the God relationship that God wanted me to have was so much better than anything I could think or imagine. I'll put up with the twisting love handles. It doesn't bother me. God's got a better plan for your life. God's got a bigger plan for your life. God's got a far greater plan for your life. God has got something better for you, not just for you personally, but come on, favour church. God has got something bigger for you. God has got something better for you. God has got something greater for you. It's time to learn to follow him. It's time to leave what is comfortable and time to follow your God. Someone say, we can't stay here. We can't stay here. Can't stay here. I'm going to ask the keyboard to come up and join me. Not the, the actual keyboard, the person who plays the keyboard. Was that J Jamil? J Janil? Amazing. Come on, ladies and gentlemen, Janil in the house. Thank God you're not a keyboard. I mean, that would be scary. I'll be honest, if that actually happened, I'd be the first person out the door. That would freak me out. <laughs> Keyboard. <laughs> what are we talking about? Sorry. Come on, someone say we can't stay here. Verse 5, the Bible says this. Abram took his wife, Sarah, or Sarai, his nephew Lot. Hey, is this helping you today? took his wife Sarah, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated, and the people that they had acquired in Haran. And the Bible says they set out for the land of Canaan. 
and they arrive there. They set out for the land of Canaan and they arrive there. Someone say set out. Come on, say it again. Say set out. See, God said to Abram, go from your country. Let's leave. Leave your comfort zone. Leave what's safe. Let go of what you know. Leave that behind. Then he says, go to the land, I'll show you. Let's follow. I've got to learn to follow Him. I've got to learn to stay close to Him. I've got to learn to spend time in His Word. Something that we say in our church all the time is that Jesus is not your cheat meal. He's your daily bread. Daily. Daily we follow. Daily we lean in. Daily we engage. Daily we spend time with God in His presence. Daily we worship. Daily we soak in. Daily we lean in. Daily we are with Jesus. Daily we are following. Number one, we leave. Number two, we follow. But number three, we move. We move. Come on, someone shout, move. Come on, someone shout, move. Mm. It's time to leave. It's time to follow. It's time to move. It's time to move. Let it, let it sit in your spirit for a second there. It's time to move. It's time to get up. It's time to step up. It's time to start to serve. It's time to start to give. It's time to start to say, I can lead. I can step up whatever you need from me, God. Wherever you want me to go, I'm ready. God, I'm gonna move for you. I'm not just gonna sit in my chair. I'm not just gonna sit in my comfort zone. I'm not just gonna wait for you to tell me. I'm not gonna wait for Pastor James to approach me or Pastor Kate to approach me or Albie and the team or Liz or, or Pastor Paul or anyone from the team, Pastor Willem. I'm not waiting for someone to come and get me and mobilise me and activate me. Now God's saying, leave, follow, move. Come on, it's time to get up. It's time to stand up. It's time to say, God, wherever you want me to go, I'm gonna follow you. I'm gonna step out into the things that you've called me to. I'm gonna step out of the promise, step out in the destiny, step out into the purposes that you have for me. It's time to move. Someone say move. You know, all this time we spend waiting on God. God, I'm waiting for that boyfriend. Oh, I'm waiting for that boyfriend who can preach, who wears cool clothes, skinny ripped jeans, beautiful glasses and a beautiful beard. Oh God, I'm just waiting. I'm waiting for that girl, that girl who's just a 10 out of 10. She's a part-time model. But God, she brings in a full-time executive salary, God. I'm just waiting for her. She can cook, she can clean, she can iron clothes. Oh my gosh, she makes the best adorable in the world. Oh my goodness, God, bring her to me. Bring her to me, Lord, I'm waiting. <laughs> I'm waiting for the promotion. God, I'm waiting for you. Maybe God is waiting on you. All this time we're waiting for God. I'm waiting for the miracle. I'm waiting for the blessing. I'm waiting for the favour. I'm waiting for the opportunity. I'm waiting for the privilege. I'm waiting for the chance. I'm waiting for someone to ask me. I'm waiting for, I'm just standing here just waiting. God, I'm just worshipping You and just waiting, God. I'm just waiting for You. Maybe God is waiting on You. Today it's time to move. It's time to get up and say, God, I'm going to follow You in the, into the destiny that I've called you to go in. You know, there's something called muscle atrophy. Muscle atrophy. Muscle atrophy is when you've stopped using a muscle so much that your ability, but the ability for that muscle to do that action is now limited. So you're unable to use the muscle to its full function or to its full purpose. You know, a few years ago, I broke my tailbone playing rugby. Playing rugby and someone went in for a tackle and their knee hit the bottom of my back. My tailbone split in two. It's gross, I know, sorry. Happy Sunday, right? And what had happened was the impact was so bad 
that two of my discs in my back got dislodged and tore open. I know, it's gross. Ken, happy Sunday. <laughs> and it's crazy because over the years, being sloppy with health and sloppy with eating and not exercising, my back started to become really painful. And there's been multiple times where I've torn the disc in my back and had to be hospitalized for them. Can I tell you one, one quick side story? I was literally, are you guys familiar with the Wiggles out here? Where the Wiggles, right? You know the Wiggles, right? One of Australia's great heroes. It's Vegemite and Wiggles, right? And the Aitons, right? So the Wiggles, I was at a Wiggles concert with my daughter. And in the middle of one of the songs, I was in the mosh pit. Yeah. And my disc went in the mosh pit at the Wiggles. And I couldn't get up. I was on the floor. I literally couldn't stand. And I was probably the first adult to get ambulanced out of a Wiggles concert. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here as a testament to the goodness and the grace of God. First man, the ambulance out of the Wiggles concert. I always tell people, the hot potatoes are too hard to handle. You know what I mean? It's a bad joke. I mean, this back pain was so bad. Multiple times this has happened. And... I remember last time this happened, 2018, my back just went, ended up in hospital. And after I got out of hospital, the doctor encouraged me to go see a physio. I had to go see this physio and the physio had to retrain me how to walk. How to walk. I mean, like, it's not that complicated. Like for... For us who've been able to walk for a while, you know how to walk, right? I mean, it's not, it's not hard. It's not too complicated if you're in the position where you can walk. I'm just saying it shouldn't be a complicated thing. If I've been doing it my whole life, I had to retrain me how to walk again. What had happened was because I'd been in the bed for so long with this injury, I was in bed in hospital for five days. My muscle atrophy in my legs and the muscle atrophy in my back wasn't communicating properly and I had to retrain myself how to walk properly again. Muscle atrophy. I actually think some of us in this room, we have faith atrophy. You've not exercised your faith. You've not exercised your hunger. You've not exercised your passion. You've not exercised your worship. You've not exercised your praise for too long. And for so long, your faith has just been sitting there waiting sitting in the bed God's saying come on I've called you I have a plan for your life there's a great purpose for you I believe in you I believe in you there is destiny on your life there's a great future for you and God's calling you and you can hear the whisper and you can hear the anointing and you can hear God calling you but your muscle atrophy is keeping you in bed it's keeping you lazy it's keeping you sat down and you're wondering God why aren't you using me God why aren't you doing something in my life why am I stepping out God why am I seeing great things God why are things not happening in my life and you're just there just sitting there just waiting and God's saying, come on, get up, get up. It's time to leave where you were before. It's time to follow me now. It's time to move. Come on, it's time to get up out of that bed. It's time to get up out of that laziness. It's time to get up out of that complacency. It's time to get up out of that fear. It's time to get up out of that insecurity. It's time to get up out of that gossip. Time to get up out of that negativity. It's time to get up out of that chair and time to give God some praise, give God some worship, give God some faith, step out into the calling and the promise and the destiny and the waves and the future and the purpose that God has for your life. Oh, if we would leave, if we would follow, if we would move, I wonder what God would do in our lives today. If we can just stand across this place. Genesis eleven thirty one. the Bible says this. Terah took his son, Abram, his grandson, Lot, son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law, Sarai, the wife of his son, Abram. And together they set out for Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. Abraham was in Haran, but his dad was on the way to Canaan. His dad, Terah, went from Ur, was meant to go to Canaan, 
but he stopped off in Haran. And the Bible says, they settled there. I think that's such a good word. Because some of us, you've settled there. You've settled there. You've settled in that relationship. You've settled in that mindset. You've settled in that fear. You've settled with depression. You've settled with anxiety. You've settled with insecurity. You've settled in that attitude. And God's saying to you today, leave, follow, move, leave, follow, move, leave what was comfortable, leave the past, leave that relationship, leave that mindset, leave that comfort zone, leave the thing that you've been bound to for so long, leave that addiction, leave that brokenness. It's time to get up, it's time to follow. Stop settling, stop settling for that relationship. Stop settling for that way of thinking. Stop settling for that way of living. Stop settling for that small mindset. Stop settling for that small thinking. Come on, it's time to get up. It's time to move again. It's time to dream again. It's time to pray again. It's time to believe again. It's time to go again. It's time to praise again. It's time to worship again. Come on, it's time to serve again and give again and believe again and stretch again and say, God, I am ready. Today is your year to dream again. We can't stay here. You can't stay here anymore. The call of God's too big on your life. You can't stay here. Young person, listen to me. You can't stay where you are. Older person, listen to me. This is not just a young person church only. There's a call of God on your life too. You can be utilised. There is a purpose for you. Stop waiting for someone to invite you into it. Step in, move, serve, give, whatever it is. It's time to move. It's time to go again. One season to the next. A season of not enough into a season of more, more than enough. From a season of lack to a season of abundance, from a season of brokenness to a season of restoration, from a season of sickness to a season of healing. Leave, follow, move. Even as we close our eyes in this place, for some of us in this room today, you don't know who Jesus is. The Bible says this, for God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever would believe in Him will not perish, but have eternal life. The season that we so often find ourselves in, for some of us who don't know Jesus, is a season of brokenness, is a season of unfulfillment. You can turn to money, you can turn to relationship, you can turn to resource, you can turn to your career, you can turn to your job, you can turn to study, you can turn to all these things, but none of those things ever really satisfy. That's because Jesus is the only one who can satisfy the emptiness in your life, who can satisfy the brokenness in your life. He is the one who heals us. He is the one who restores us. He's the one who redeems us. And it's only through Him. He is the way, the truth, and the life. If you're looking for eternal life, if you're looking for hope, if you're looking for grace, if you're looking for mercy, you won't find it in a person, you'll only find it in Jesus Christ. Today, the new season that you're stepping into is a season of faith, is a season of salvation and into a relationship with Jesus. And I'd be crazy to leave this place without giving people an opportunity to give their life to Jesus. We were once far from God. The Bible says all have fallen short of the glory of God. We've all sinned. We've all made mistakes. But by the price that Jesus paid on the cross for you and I today, we now have access to God. We now have hope in Him. We now have grace in Him. We now have a Father in Him. We have a relationship in God, with God. And it's a relationship that changes our lives forever. So we bow our head as we close our eyes. I'd love to know if I can pray for some of you today. Maybe you wanna give your life to Jesus. Maybe it's you who's walked away from God. Maybe you were a Christian when you were younger. You've walked away from Him and He's not the Lord and Saviour of your life. Maybe for some of you, this is the first time you're in church. You never even heard of this God, this Jesus. Today, I wanna tell you, He's got a plan for your life. He's got a purpose for you and He wants to know you 
today, when we pray a prayer, a simple prayer that acknowledges that we're sinners, we're asking Him to be the Lord and Saviour of your life, it brings Jesus into our lives. He leads us and He guides us. And today I wanna pray for you if that's you today. If you're in this room and you wanna give your life to Jesus, I'd love to pray for you right where you stand. If that's you today, could you just pop your hand up so I know who I'm praying for today? Just if you could just lift your hand right where you stand. Yeah, awesome, I see your hand in the back. Come on, anyone else? You say, I'd love to give my life to Jesus. I need to give my life to Jesus again. Come on, anyone else wanna join my friend? Yeah, awesome, I see your hand here. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Yeah, beautiful, great, great, great. Yeah, just keep your hand high, this is beautiful. Come on, God wants a relationship with you today. He loves you, if you're online today, I want you to lift your hand right where you, are, where you are, wherever you're watching. Yeah, awesome, I see you. See your hand down the front here. Come on, anyone else? Say, I wanna follow Jesus. I wanna follow Jesus today. Come on, keep your hand up high, just so I know who I'm praying for today. Beautiful, 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 beautiful. You can put your hand down. We're gonna pray this prayer together. In fact, every person in this room, we're gonna repeat this prayer after me. It just acknowledges something very simple, that we're sinners and that we need Jesus. And today, we're gonna give our lives to Him. So for those of you who raise your hand, I just want you to pray this after me as well with everyone in the room. I want you to mean this from your heart. As we pray this, it's a powerful moment. The Bible says that when people pray this prayer, all of heaven rejoices. And so everyone in this room, we're gonna celebrate. As soon as we finish praying, we're gonna celebrate what God has done. Just repeat this after me. Say, Dear Jesus, I thank You for dying on the cross for me. Today, I recognise I'm a sinner. I've made mistakes, but today I choose to follow You. I choose to make You the Lord and the Saviour of my life. Would You lead me? Would You walk with me, I pray, in Your Name. And everyone said, Amen. Thank you so much for listening in. At Favourite Church, we're a family, and we believe that the Christian journey should not be done alone. If something really spoke to you from the message, we would love to connect with you to talk it over. Or if you prayed the salvation prayer, we'd also love to be able to share more about the decision that you've just made. Please visit us at favor.church/next to learn more. If you want to share this podcast with a friend, simply tap on the share button and send it through. We love you. We're praying for you. Till next time.